If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, we talk about the four most important ways you can change your workouts for maximum results. Now, you may be thinking, oh, you mean like change my rep range or change my sets or whatever? Yes, but no. What we're talking about is changing your goals, mm. why you should routinely change your goals, and then work backwards from there. In other words, if your goal is correctional exercise, which should be one of your goals throughout the year, how do I accomplish that? So we go over four of them. I said correctional. That's one of them. Then we talk about strength, why you should focus on just building strength, what that looks like. Then we talk about athletic performance, why you should focus on building and working on your overall athletic functional performance and the benefits of that and what that looks like. Then we talk about bodybuilding or body sculpting type training, what that looks like and why everybody should spend at least some time uh, focused on just that goal. Now, as we're releasing this episode, it is Black Friday sales. They start yeah. right now. And if you like this episode, by the way, we have multiple MAPS programs that will actually help you accomplish all of these goals. Progress takes planning, Sal. Now, we have bundles that take a bunch of MAPS programs, put them together. You don't have to do anything. You just follow the programs themselves. The goals change and the workouts change. Bundles are already discounted on their own. Uh, many of them already over 35% off retail. But we're going to take an additional 25% off with Black Friday. Just use the code BFBUNDLES. Uh, now, all individual MAPS programs, guides, mods, everything except for MAPS Powerlift. Everything else is 50% off. Use the code Black Friday. That's B-L-A-C-K Friday, 5-0, no space. And you can get all of them at MAPSFitnessProducts.com. One more time, the codes are... For 50% off all MAPS programs except for MAPS Powerlift, the code is Black Friday 50 That's the number 50 without a space. And for 25% off all of our bundles where we take multiple MAPS programs, put them together, it's BF Bundles. I get questions like this all the time about uh, the importance of changing your routine up and like how important is that to get results or reach your goal and I thought if we did an episode um, along those lines, I think it would be uh, a valuable episode. I don't think we've ever done anything that is specific to that topic. I think if there's there's several things that prevent people from getting to their goals. Now, there's the obvious, which is inconsistency, like I'm not working out. Um, so besides that, the next most common reason why people don't progress is that they follow a program, it start it works. Then it stops working, and they mm -hmm. don't know what to do from there. Mm -hmm. They just don't know what to do from there. And I used to see this in gyms all the time. You know, when you manage gyms for a long time, you have your people that come in and out that buy memberships, use it for a few months or whatever, and then you don't see them again. But then you have the people that are the regulars that show up all the time, and you could divide that, those people into two categories: the yeah. ones that seem to get great results all the time, and the ones that seem to just plateau this constant state of plateau just serious creatures of habit uh, yes and you watch the routine you guys you ever do this you'd see their routine it would be the same thing like, oh, yeah. oh there, there's john he's gonna go always on go the stairmaster and then he's gonna go over here and then you could pretty much predict exactly where they'd be well yes and i and i think there's a that's that's one end of the spectrum right the extreme you know john who's been coming for 20 years and he does the exact same five exercises and he's done for 20 years 
or like a you know client of mine that's been following the same John Jane Fonda video for thirty years of her life or whatever. Those are the extreme, but I think a lot of people fall somewhere on that spectrum, including myself. Like when I think back to even even in my early days of uh, as a personal trainer, um, uh, I would gravitate towards my favorite exercises, mm-hmm. and you know and you know, drop into my favorite rep ranges and the tempo that I trained at was fairly similar and the goals that I was trying to chase were very similar all the time. So I actually think that more people than you think fall into this, this trap of not understanding the importance of transitioning out. And what I wanted to do was to, to simplify it for the audience is to, you know, think of like four major ways for people to change their workout for for maximum results. Right. Now, this message has been getting out, right? People are kind of understanding that they need to change things up. But the problem is uh, the way that they approach it. Mm -hmm. So they think, and and there's some value to this, right? They think, if I just change the exercises, I've changed my workout, and now I'm going to continue to progress. Well, if you really want long-term success and you want maximal success, you want to really get the most uh, return for your effort, you want to work backwards. So rather than looking and saying, oh, I'm just going to change the exercise, look at it this way. I'm going to change my goal. Mm-hmm. If I change my goal, now I work backwards from there. Yeah, so, then you plan your workout based upon yes, the goal. Yes. Now you're making real changes. Now your body really gets the, the, the signals that are going to get it to consistently progress and change. So rather than going to the gym and just saying, instead of squats today, I'm doing leg press. Rather than doing that, I'm saying, instead of my goal being you know, strength, my goal is going to be athletic performance. Or instead of you know, it being about you know, bodybuilding, my goal is going to be about correcting my, my movement patterns. Then you work backwards from there. That's the way, and by the way, that's the way good trainers mm-hmm. write up workouts. They don't write up workouts just to change things. You know, if I'm training clients, and I've trained someone for four months, and their body started to plateau. I don't just change yeah. things up. I say, okay, we've been focused on this goal for four months. Now we're going to switch to this goal, and then I work from there well, and, and design the workout. That's from there. the real value uh, personal trainers provide because they're the ones responsible for taking you on a completely different path. And a lot of times, people will be very resistant towards that on their own because it is so comfortable. It's you might try something new, but you want to immediately fall back into a routine that you know feels good. And I'll give you an example. Like you know, uh, Adam for year for years was just focused on uh, on bodybuilding, and he changed exercises and changed routines. But really, when you really saw the most change in how your body operated and moved and all that stuff was when you went from bodybuilding to mobility mm-hmm. or from mobility to strength. Mm-hmm. It's changing the goal. That's the big thing. So the, the one thing that I, I, I hope people take from this episode is that right there, and I think we should break that down. Yeah, and the most important thing, too, is that when you change your goal, it doesn't necessarily mean you're still not pursuing your main goal. Mm. I think that's important. All right. Right? Because, like, for example, somebody who like myself who was training – to look a certain way on stage, and I cared about the way my body looked. So that's my main goal. That doesn't mean that when I switch to mobility or athletic performance or I, I switch to strength training, that now I don't get to go towards my overall original big goal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mistake that people make. We see this and why I think we get these camps in training. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a power lifter. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm an athlete, so I train this way. Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a bodybuilder, so I train this way. But the reality of it is... 
you know, for anybody, no matter what your pursuit is, the the to get the maximum benefits from your weight training routine, yes. you want to shift your goals around. There's a way to blend all those attributes towards that goal. And, you know, there's 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 definitely a percentage where, you know, whatever you're going towards is going to make up the majority. But these other pursuits have a magical way of, of you know, progressing you beyond what you could have done just doing the same thing. Think of it this way, right? So you're, let's say your goal is maximal hypertrophy. All you care about is bodybuilding. Well, you're, at some point, you're going to hit your rev limiter. You're going to be max out how much you can squeeze out of your muscle building routine. Now, let's say you switch to a powerlifting strength type routine or an athletic performance type routine. You're not going to push the rev, you know, you're not going to move the revs up like you were with the bodybuilding. But what you are going to do because you changed your goal is you're going to change the limit, the rev limiter. I'm expanding the ability mm-hmm. for me now to rev even higher. Then when I go back to bodybuilding, now I have a higher, I have a better capacity. So if somebody, for another example, if you're just bodybuilding, just bodybuilding, just bodybuilding, you're going to get a great deal of, uh, of results for bodybuilding. Um, but at some point, you're going to start to hit a limit. Now, if you switch to, let's say, mobility training, are you going to, at that moment, build more muscle? No, but you've expanded your capacity now for when you go back to bodybuilding to build more muscle. So they all do contribute to each other. And if you're looking for continual perpetual progress, that's what you want to do is you want to change your goals and you want to do it in a systematic way. So I want to start with the one that I think uh, is probably neglected the most which is ironic to me because uh, all of our years of personal training, I know for sure, because uh, you guys were great trainers, that your your first training session uh, was centered around this point that I think too many people neglect. And I think that the point that I'm going to make is something that either one, uh, you should live in this goal for a while if, if needed, but at the, at the bare minimum, everybody should visit this goal so they understand uh, how they should get their body ready before they go into any other training program. And that is addressing correctional stuff. Totally. Yes. And because I don't care how athletic you are, how strong, how buff, how great you look, everybody has imbalances and everybody uh, has work to be done in this area. Now, some clients, and especially my clients in advanced age and that neglected training or had multiple surgeries or chronic back pain, a lot of these clients would live in this type of phase, or this would be their goal is to address all of these issues and stay in this type well, of Well, because they had decades of bad movement patterns. I mean, that just didn't happen overnight. And so I think a lot of times, you know, people don't want to admit like, you know, what, what they're dealing with, really, they, they should really just focus in on, you know, correcting this. This is something that they can, you know, make a lot of progress with if they're willing to, to, to go through that journey and, and really focus in on that specific part of training. The correctional exercise, if, when you make correctional exercise uh, your, a goal, what you're really trying to do is you're trying to build a solid, uh, more uh, capable structure. So that when you move into strength or bodybuilding or athletic performance or any other goal, that structure is solid enough for you to squeeze out the most out of these those other phases, the most out of if you want to build maximal strength. So again, if I'm if I want to build maximal strength in my squat, and my body's mobility, my body's movement patterns allow me to squeeze out 
let's say a hundred uh, being a target, a hundred, let's say a hundred points. Correctional exercise may move that capability up to 150. Then when I go to strength to, to build maximal strength, I don't stop at 100 because your body will, will 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 prevent you from progressing if it believes you're going to hurt yourself. In fact, um, the best athletes in the world, the best strength athletes in the world, are able to to max out what their body's full capability actually is. The untrained individual, your body doesn't let you really reach in and, and get in get all of your strength. It's trying to protect itself. So correctional exercise is setting up that structure. And for some people, it may not be as fun. I'm not in the gym. I'm not, I'm not bodybuilding. I'm not pushing heavy weight. But when you do get to the point when you start to push heavy weight and you start to bodybuild or whatever, because your capability is so much higher, because your structure and your movement patterns are so much better, oh, you're going to blow the doors off of what your potential was before. So correctional exercise really is about expanding upon your potential. That's really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So before I go in and squat heavy, I want to make sure that I have the best movement pattern for my squat because the best movement pattern for my squat is going to give me the most potential for building muscle uh, and building strength. And this is true for all exercises and all physical pursuits. Correctional exercise, and this is why I said we got to work backwards. It's not just about doing correctional exercise movements, although that's a big part of it. There are exercises that are specifically uh, most appropriate, I would say, for correctional exercise purposes. But that's not the only that's not the only uh, way that you approach correctional exercise. Really, it's an attitude. When I go into train to correct movement patterns, that's what I'm focused on. I'm not necessarily focused on the weight that I'm moving, the pump, uh, you know, sculpting and shaping my body. I am trying to uh, solidify the best, movement pattern. So my attitude when I go to the gym is totally different. The weight is arbitrary that I'm using. It really doesn't matter. I'm I'm using a weight that's allowing me to challenge myself, but allowing me to get perfect form. Anything over that is too much. Anything under that, not really challenging myself. Um, I'm also, uh, the intention is extremely important. There's some correctional exercise movements where if you're looking at me doing them, you can't even tell what I'm doing. You can tell I'm struggling, but you don't really know, like, what are you activating? What are you pushing? I can see that you're straining. It's all about the intention. I'm trying to solidify and, and create this movement pattern to connect to these muscles in different ways so that when I do go through other goals, I just have uh, much better results. And going through this process is so important because you really get to understand your body on a higher level. And, you know, you specifically, your individual needs, how you tend to to want to compensate how, you know, your body tends to react to certain, uh, you know, intensities and forces. And, you know, that's important because even as you progress, you still need to come back and revisit these things because, you know, there's, there's the potential where we add more load, we add more stress to the body, inevitably, you know, your body's going to react. So now coming back to some of these rituals that you learn how to establish as beneficial movement patterns for yourself is so important. Well, the beauty of it is it may seem uh, daunting or boring at first when you, when you, when you have a goal like this, like, Oh, you know, I, my, my trainer told me I've got, you know, forward head and rounded shoulders and my heels rise when I squat, I have terrible ankle mobility. Yeah, so for the next five weeks, that's what I got to focus on. Yeah, right. Yeah. So for the next five weeks, I'm, <laughs> I'm focusing on all these exercises to address that. Now, that's why I think a lot of people don't do it because it's not sexy. Uh, it can seem laborious, but the beauty of it is when you actually focus on it like a goal and you take it seriously, you'll see 
progression relatively quick when you put the work in and you'll feel a difference, especially somebody that has chronic pain. You have knee pain, you have back pain, you have neck pain, shoulder pain, and you start to address these correctional exercises or these movements, you'll start to see that get better. Now, what's beautiful about that is now you've kind of figured out like, okay, this is because we're all so different, right? Whether you sit at a computer desk or you're you're a teacher and you're writing on a whiteboard all day long, uh, or you're on your phone or computer, like all, all these things are going to shape the body based off of you individually. And to Justin's point, that's what's so important about setting this as a goal is so you can figure out, okay, what is it that my body needs? Now, once you have figured that out, once you've set a goal out, you've worked towards it for, you know, say five weeks, like Sal was saying, then I know what I just kind of need to implement. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'll use myself as an example with those that have been listening or or following my journey uh, for the last five to six years. um, You know, I I was able to get up on stage at 3% body fat, present my physique and it, and it looked really good to the, you know, to the average person or judges. But the reality of it was uh, I had chronic back pain. I had bursitis in my hips and I was very limited uh, on my squat depth because I wasn't addressing these things. Now, I had to regress, let go of, you know, oh, I was squatting 400-something pounds, and, oh, you know, it, it feels good to stack all that weight on there. That didn't matter, like to what Sal was saying earlier. Now it was about I need to improve these movements, and I need to do things like the combat stretch and work on my 90-90. And I, but I, I knew that I needed to set that as a goal, mm in order for me to really take it seriously and put the work in. Now, what's beautiful is I don't have to spend that same time anymore. As long as I get down in my, you know, the, the squat and scroll position that people always see me, what that's what's great about that is that that position uh, promotes good hip mobility, promotes good ankle mobility, which it took me, you know, months to getting there by doing all these, these correctional type exercises together. But now that I'm there... All I have to do is promote a movement like that, and it keeps me mobile. And so, think, well, think about it this way: it's like you know, um, you, you want to be a fast swimmer. Well, you got to focus on your technique before you get in the pool, and just swim as hard as you can. You're going to spend a lot of time on getting the best, perfect swim technique before you get in there and flail your arms and legs as hard and as fast as you can. Now, similarly to what Adam's talking about, when you're a beginner, if you're getting started. You're going to have to spend – you should spend some some time dedicated specifically to this, specifically to correctional exercise, like six weeks or nine weeks or 12 weeks, depending on how bad – how much of a beginner you are and how bad your, your, your movement patterns are, specifically designed – you know, right targeting correctional exercise and movements. Now, when you're advanced, you know, do advanced swimmers need to focus on their swim technique? Yeah. Now, they don't need to spend – weeks just on swim technique like they would with a beginner, but every once in a while they revisit their mm-hmm. technique and perfect it. This is true for any athlete, boxers, baseball players, whatever. Before you get up to the plate and swing as hard as you can, you got to learn the technique of swinging the bat. Correctional exercise is that. And so most people listening, if especially if you're a beginner, you should spend an entire phase, an entire – that should be your goal for at least a couple months before you move into anything else. Now, if you're intermediate or advanced, this is something you can inject while you're focusing on other goals. This is something that you touch up on while you're doing uh, other things. Now, the characteristics of correctional exercise, there's correctional exercise movements, which tend to be different than your traditional muscle building, strength building type movements. 
things like the 90-90 or the combat stretch or lizard with rotation. These aren't traditionally muscle-building, strength-building movements, but they are good for correctional exercise purposes. So there's one characteristic. Uh, another characteristic is the intention. I can turn most many many exercises into correctional exercise movements. So a squat can be a very effective strength or muscle-building exercise, or I can go really, really light and just perfect and practice the movement and focus on correct movement and pushing my knees into certain positions and working on my ankle mobility or sitting at the bottom of the squat with the bar uh, without any weight. So the intention is another part of it. Here's another characteristic, frequency. The uh, Of all the goals that you, know, you, can, you can focus on with, with your workouts, correctional exercise benefits the most from frequency oh, more than the others. By far. So what I mean by that is like if I'm training for you know maximal strength, I may strength train for a few days a week on a particular exercise or, or body part or whatever. When it comes to correctional exercise, two or three times a day mm -hmm. yeah. is best. Now this means this doesn't mean you're doing two or three you know hours a day. Correctional exercise is also characterized by shorter. Uh, periods of uh, of time being spent. Now, no, why this, they're also less intense. This yes. is why I I I tell people that to set this as a goal to go through it because what you'll find out when you when you go through like a program that's like correctional based is you're going to see that and this is where it's so unique to everybody is you're going to see that there's certain moves that really make a difference for you. Somebody else may do something like you know the the lizard with rotation or the ninety ninety. And they've got incredible hip mobility, and so they don't they don't see major. But boy, their their ankle mobility is extremely limited. So when they do the combat stretch, boy, that's really tough for them. So you start to find the, the these movements that you really need to incorporate, and then those you pick a handful of those at most, right? I normally only recommend yeah. two to four of these movements yep. that to focus on at a time. And and I and I encourage the frequency all day long. That that means five minutes. Yeah, five mm -hmm. to ten minutes. Five minutes. Get down. Do the combat stretch. You know, go about your day. You know, hours later, get down. Do the combat stretch. Spend five minutes. Get out of it. You know, what I'm saying it does not need to be this workout session. And like to what you were saying, Sal, it's so true. The the frequency is is so much more important when we're talking about correctional because you're probably doing things in your day that are countering that signal, so you need to put that extra frequency in. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's about changing recruitment patterns, so frequency is super important. So daily or several times a day, short periods of time, and the intensity needs to be moderate. Now, why would, why would the, the duration need to be short and the intensity be moderate? Well, I'll, I'll explain. If you push the intensity too hard or you go too long, you are going to move the old way. You're gonna, your mm -hmm. body's going to move the way that it moves best, the way that it always moves. So you're no longer going to be working on a new movement pattern. You'll just be strengthening the old one. So you can't go in the gym and hammer correctional exercise like you can when you're building muscle or working on speed or building strength. The goal is to practice the movement. You want to have enough intensity to challenge the body so that it, it creates these new movement patterns, but not so much that you can't do it properly anymore. So again, like if you're practicing technique in the pool, if you don't know how to swim, you're going to have to practice the technique in the pool real slow. If someone tells you to go as fast as you can, technique's out the window. And you'll just be practicing shitty technique and then you'll get good mm -hmm. at shitty technique. So characteristic of correctional exercise, short, frequent ex uh, uh, workouts focused on correctional exercise. For beginners, it should be weeks long that you're focused on 
just this, while you stay active during your regular day, you can do walks and cardio and that kind of stuff, you're still going to build a little bit of muscle. You're going to be burning a little bit of calories, so it's not like you're going to get out of shape or anything like that. But, boy, you're going to set yourself up beautifully for the other goals. And I think, too, like going through that process, like you do need to be exposed to a lot of different correctional like mobility exercises to help to refine it down to the biggest movers for you individually. Which ones are benefiting you know, the, the most dysfunction that you have? Uh, and how can I come back to these and keep revisiting these? So to Adam's point, like two to three exercises that I've identified as these are the ones that I'm going to keep you know, in my back pocket continuously. Just like I'm brushing my teeth, this is something that I'm going to kind of incorporate as a ritual uh, from here on out. Yeah, and that's good. See, the thing about correctional exercise, once you do it and you do a good job of it and you start to become more intermediate advanced, then you just inject it into the other goals, whatever goal you may be doing. And you probably don't need to, unless you encounter a problem, you don't need to devote weeks to just correctional exercise. That's typically something for beginners. That's why I wanted to start here because it, you don't need to be here forever. It's no. you. You need to. You need to understand the value and the importance of it for everybody, and and to spend some time in here to get to get those takeaways, and then now you can move into something like your strength training, which we would consider the foundation of all pursuits. That's the def That's that one. I made a. I tried to make a heavy case for early on uh, when I first created uh, the the first maps program, which was Maps Anabolic. Now I made it a big deal because I noticed something. Um, in the gyms. Uh, people were signing up to the gyms that I was managing and everybody wanted to change the way they looked. Everybody wanted to lose fat. Everybody wanted to build muscle. And when they did lift weights, uh, which was not always, and oftentimes it, men were more likely to do this than women, but when they did lift weights, it was more focused around sculpting and bodybuilding. And nobody, nobody was focused on the low rep strength training uh, type of workouts that you'll see that are more characteristic of, say, powerlifting or strength athletes. And this is too bad mm -hmm. because maximal strength is the foundation physical pursuit. That is the one that contributes to all the others. I was guilty of this. I was guilty of this. This is something that because I never identified as a powerlifter. And even being a trainer, as somebody who should know better, uh, for many years, I was so uh, focused on aesthetics that everything kind of matched. I was aesthetics and performance guy, so my workouts would either be kind of performance-like or they would be all based around bodybuilding looking. Never would I drop below six to eight reps. Hmm. Why? I'm not going to be a power lifter, so why would I ever do yeah, that? No so, value for me. Yeah, exactly. So I, I know if, if I know better and I was a trainer and I was guilty of this, I know there's a fuck ton of people listening right now that do the same thing, that because they don't identify with a modality, they neglect it completely. And it's why I always say on this show that the thing that's probably best for you is probably the thing that you're not doing. And that was that for me. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Everybody, every year, I don't care what your goal is, okay? Everybody, every year should schedule in a pure strength training phase. And it should last minimum five weeks, probably better off if you do it for about nine to 12 weeks. That's just focused purely on strength, just focused on strength. And some of you can get away with even just a few weeks, even just three weeks of pure strength training as your goal. You'll get exceptional results. I used to love getting clients, and this is especially female clients, mm -hmm. who 
who had experience working out. So they'd hire me and be like, look, I've been lifting weights for a long time. I just want to take my workout to the next level. Um, I'd like to buy, you know, 10 sessions from you, which 10 sessions would have lasted us about three weeks, uh, maybe five weeks max if I trained them twice a week. And I would look at the routine and inevitably every single time they would have this kind of classic, you know, bodybuilding type routine. But like, cool, you know what we're going to focus on for the next four weeks? I'm going to make you really strong mm-hmm. at squatting, deadlifting, overhead pressing, and benching, and we're going to train like a power lifter. And they would be like, ah, why? I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to be as lean. What's going to happen? I said, no, no, no. Let's, see, let's oh, watch what happens. There's this crazy fear around that. Oh, it blow the, it, the results used to blow them mm-hmm. away. Their strength, of course, their strength would go through the roof. Then their bodies would start to change. And then here's the big one. There's two big uh, benefits to this. One is when you're focused solely on strength, you're, you take your focus off of your body image. You take your fo- focus off of how you look. And that's a good thing to do every once in a while. It really mm-hmm. is. This is why I think everybody should do it at least at least a few weeks out of the year where you're just focused on how strong you are and not how you look. And what this does is it gives you permission to eat a little bit more food. It lets you relax a little bit on your body image. You can focus more on your strength. It's very empowering. And then the the, the in terms of the results, metabolism boosting, oh boy, if this is something you never spend time in, do a few weeks in this. Watch what happens to your appetite. That's your sign, by the way. Mm-hmm. You start focus. You start training like this. Balances out your hormones. Oh boy, the, the messages I would get, you know, like uh, I'm starving. What the hell is going on? Well, yeah. That's a sign that your metabolism is really uh, kicking into high gear. Now, the characteristics of strength-based training. Now, strength is a skill as much as it is your muscles contracting. So you're going to do fewer exercises. So you're not going to be doing a whole variety of different angles and exercises. You want to pick the biggest bang for your buck movements and get good at them. Get really, really, really good at them. So that's one characteristic. And you're picking the best exercises. So they're typically compound movements. So I'm not in the gym trying to build maximal strength doing side laterals or or cable (laughs) curls. It's going to be more like barbell squats, barbell rows, bench presses, overhead presses, lunges, you know, heavy pull-ups or pull-downs. Deadlifts, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, the reps are low. Like I said, you're going to be training in the one to five rep range. The sets tend to be high. Because you're doing less exercises, you're doing more sets per exercise. So rather than, you know, doing, uh, you know, nine sets of four different leg exercises, I'm probably going to do two exercises or one. I may only do nine sets of just squats uh, the entire time. And then the rest periods are much longer. I'm trying to train for strength, so I don't want any fatigue taking away from my maximal strength. So I'm going to sit and rest as long as I need until I feel really, really fresh, like I can Which hit really heavy weight typically again. is two to three minutes for the average Two to person. three minutes. And, and I'm glad you said that because this is an area that, you know, how many clients, and especially my female clients that gravitated towards the circuit-type training, how hard is this pattern to break for them? You know, how many mm. times have you had a client saying like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready for the next set. Yeah. It's like, what do we do now? Uh, right? Can I do yeah. something in between? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 The idea when you're focused on strength is to train strong. You yeah. you want to be picking a weight that is is heavy for you that you want those two to three minutes rest. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> I like this one right after because it still brings in that intent. So the the intent that you have to bring in towards uh, you know the corrective exercise is all about how you do everything and and you know then this is the the next follow up because you know if we can get into a point where we get so focused on the feel 
and we're just trying to get through the workout and, and, you know, the squeeze and all these types of things of the bodybuilding side of, of, of training where, you know, this still really has like, it's a skill at the end of the day. This is a skill that we're developing, uh, to then build upon where we can then transition into more of the field. And strength, heavy strength training does a phenomenal, it does an exceptional job of, of strengthening the, the, the tendons and ligaments that connect to your muscles. So you want your tendons and ligaments to be really, really strong. This is why strength training, of course, done properly and appropriately in the low rep range, when it's done right, is so beneficial to even people in advanced age. I would have older clients that once I got them to this point, of course, it was always appropriate, I would do this kind of training with them and they would just feel so solid in their own bodies. It's also exceptional for strengthening bone because of the, the sheer force the, sh the tension that's on the bone with heavy weight, you're going to strengthen your bones uh, much more effectively than when you're doing higher rep type lifting. Which, by the way, also has value. I'm not we're all we're not making cases that that what we're talking about these different goals have more value than other goals. Mm -hmm. I think the case that we're making is that all these goals have value, Every, and almost regardless of what your ultimate goal is, you're going to get value from going into the gym and doing a few weeks to a couple months of pure strength training. Well, this one this one's extra special to me because this is uh, you know, we off air we talk a lot about how much this business has been serendipitous and one of the things uh, uh I don't know if this would have ever happened had Sal not sent me over uh the the hype video and the maps anabolic programming uh, and the conversation we had on Facebook way back when, six years ago or more. And it was at that point, I'm like at what, 11 years into my personal training, 11, 12 years into my personal training career. And it literally took that long for me to have put this all together where I realized like, wow, uh, almost all of my clients, I needed to start in this phase because most of them came in with body image issues. Most of them were so attached to the scale and the way they looked, most of them gravitated towards high-intensity training, circuit-based mm -hmm. training, low-rest periods, hit type of training. And like I'm talking about 90% of plus of my clients uh, benefited from this type of training more than anything else. And so I was at that point in my career where I was already realizing this, like, oh my God, this is why isn't anybody, why isn't not enough people talking about this? And that was when you sent that over to me. Mm. I remember going like, "Oh my God, this is the message that is not getting out to enough people, mm -hmm. to the to the the general population, the strength community." I obviously understands right, this. Right. If you're in that, and if you're a power lifter listening right now, you're like, "What are you talking about, Adam? I've known that forever." Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm not fucking talking to you. You're like the one percent. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about all the normal people that I had to train on a regular basis. That strength training had got a bad rap or mm -hmm. was just not popular and sexy, and so people avoided this. But what I knew was, oh my God, it was so valuable to clients. And you know, you you kind of went over real quick the point that I think is so important um, because over sixty-five to seventy percent of my clientele were females. Most all of those uh, clients were coming to me to lose uh, weight, and one of the hardest things, the hurdles that I had to overcome to them, overcome with them, was getting them to focus on strength training, letting them eat more calories, giving them the freedom to go ahead and increase your calories. 
And even though you're coming to me because you want to lose 30 pounds of fat, I'm telling you, don't worry if the scale goes up three or five pounds. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that is really, really hard. And I know that's really hard for a lot of people listening right now. But I'm telling you right now that there's a majority of people that are listening that will greatly benefit with for that from that mental switch of saying, hey, I need to stop worrying about how I look. I need to build some strength. Because even if the scale goes in the opposite direction than you want it to go. Oh, you're setting yeah. yourself up. Oh, yeah. If you if you're your bench press and your squat and your deadlift and your overhead press – you're lifting five more pounds, 10 more pounds, 15 more pounds than what you were previous weeks, you're actually heading in the right direction mm-hmm. of your goal. Oh, there's w- massive mental hurdles to overcome, you know, in this in this type of training right away. Like you're you're telling me I can eat more calories, gain a little bit of weight, and also I should be resting in between sets, you know, a little bit long when I should be just jumping and running and burning all the shit off. Right. Like that's what I need to be doing in order to look a certain way and, and to be able to, to get into that person's mind and and have them believe that they're building right now. They're building something that is going to be way better for them, you know, long term than this short term hustle of just burn. Yeah, old school, old school bodybuilders knew this. They would do uh, powerlifting or strength training, pure strength training phases because they knew when they hit the stage and they got lean, their body just looked different. Uh, this type of training produces a very solid, tight looking body. It just really does. It gives you this kind of hard granite look to your body. So when you do get lean. Uh, th- what you're going to reveal is uh, is a, f- a different look because you've implemented some strength, pure strength training into your year-long routine. Now, like I said, I think a, a majority of the people are going to greatly benefit from this message right now. There is a small percentage of you that are listening that are like, oh, I, I already, I'm already got, there. I'm I already got there. it. But here's the thing I'm going to say to you. These people are going to greatly benefit from the next goal and focus because most people that I know – that are focused heavily on strength and powerlifting, neglect the athletic performance, right. the mm-hmm. endurance, the mobility, and training. So this is for that, you, PR chasers. Right. So if you're somebody <laughs> who gets the strength side really well, I'm willing to bet that you're somebody who probably neglects this totally. side. Totally. Now, everybody should spend some time uh, during the year in uh, well, in all these, these phases or all the goals that we're talking about today, and this one being training for athletic performance. Now, training for athletic performance, uh, this type of training makes you very functional. So what does that mean? Well, it means when you're out walking on the street and you step off a curb on accident and you got to catch yourself, functional strength, functional uh, performance. Or you're walking with you. I was, you know, a couple weekends ago, I was watching my nephew. He's, He's two and a half years old and he has more energy than any kid I think I've ever met. And I was going, I was walking around with him downtown San Mateo and I'm holding his hand. And he slips out of my hand, and he's gone. Like his, his favorite thing to do is to take off, and I got to chase him down. <laughs> so I and this street is right over there. So I had to like sprint to catch him. That's functional ability. That's the kind of strength that I can turn on whenever I want. You're helping your friends move, or you got to lift your couch to vacuum underneath it, or you're moving a box, or you're twisting in your car. That's what that's what we mean by functional performance. Athletic type training increases the capacity. Of that, so let's say you have all this strength because you've trained in a strength phase. Now, athletic training tra- helps translate that into not just gym performance, which real, is fine. Real world movement, real right. world, uh, you know, athletic type performance. Now, athletic training also tends to work a lot on mobility. 
Now, mobility is a component of correctional exercise, but the difference with mobility is there's a little bit of an athletic component to it. Okay, there's a little bit of a, an athletic component to athletic type mobility training versus correctional, although they are quite similar. So, mobility workouts are, you know, I'm moving through a mobility circuit. Um, I have good movement patterns and I'm moving through and keeping things fluid and I'm getting my whole body to communicate. I'm getting my arms, the way that they're moving to communicate with my lower body, to communicate with my torso as I'm rotating and twisting. So that's improving that whole functional kind of athletic. Have you guys noticed when you're when you're training somebody and you show them a movement and then they try to mimic that movement and they don't even realize that parts of their body are doing something completely different. No body awareness. No body awareness. Yes. Athletic type training or workouts in the gym improve that. So, you know, what you're doing is you're doing exercises that are, you know, as personal trainers, we use the term multiplanar, but really multidirectional. Adam uh, said that earlier, and I thought that was a great way to say it because most people understand that. Multidirectional. So I'm not just moving in, you know, front to back type exercises. I'm rotating. I'm moving lateral, laterally. So I'm moving side to side with certain exercises. Um, some exercises combine, uh, di- you know, different planes or different directions so that my body can move and express itself fluidly through all these different uh, positions. Well, but back to your, your point you're making with your nephew. I mean, you are probably sitting in one plane, in the sagittal plane, and then quickly yes. had, to, had to move yes. laterally. So th- that's real world shit that happens. It, it, you know, when we're in the gym, we, we focus on normally, most people are definitely all machines, okay? All machines are designed in one plane. You're, you're just, you're, and you're, everything's in front of you, or, and that's it. Right. And you're working a, a muscle. But in real life, you've got to use multiple muscles together in different planes and different directions and so mm-hmm. that so training yourself in the in the gym with exercises that promote that or having or promote good movement in all directions mm-hmm. is something that everybody should do and this is uh, and I stress this to people that don't identify with that oh i'm not an athlete you know i don't i'm not a basketball player i'm not a football player i don't care if i can run fast or not I just, I just want to look good. That was me, for sure. Mm-hmm. I was, I, the, a lot of me, I was, oh, I just want to, I used to say that to Justin all the time when he was a trainer with me. Yeah. that I'll show no go. That's right. I'll show no go. <laughs> I just got to look fast. That's what I used to say. That's right. <laughs> you know? Just put a spoiler Girls on the don't car. don't care about how much you bench. Yeah. Right? Don't right. worry about the right. engine. That's yeah. right. So, and the, the truth of the matter is, no, I mean, everybody, everybody needs that. And it, especially as we age. I mean, uh. God, I so I have training today, and I'm training in our Maps Powerlift program. But I, I still have like off days, and I start to. And people are asking this the other day because they saw me doing a movement. They're like, "Hey, that's not a Maps Powerlift." And I said, "Oh, well, there's certain things for me specifically that I'll always kind of incorporate, and uh, something that I'm doing tomorrow because yesterday this happened is I can't remember the last time that uh, I worked on." Uh, decelerating from a jump box. Mm. And that was a routine that would be in there when I was, especially when I was playing basketball, of course. And the and I, I jumped out of my truck. I have an eight inch lifted truck and uh, I jumped out of it and uh, I was fine, but it was a little scary on the landing, <laughs> you know? And what I, what I realized right away is like, wow, like, you You're know, losing that skill yeah, as soft as it used to be. Yes. It used to be way soft and comfortable. It was a little hard when I landed and yeah. I felt it and yeah. I went, Oh wow. I just, I haven't trained this. That's a skill in itself. It is. And so 
you know, and, that, and that's a stupid example, I know, but you, you never know when those things are going to happen. I just I just did it out of out of routine. I've jumped out of the back of my truck a, a, a million times before. You want to train outside of, you want to train above and beyond what you're probably going to need to encounter in regular everyday life so that what you encounter in everyday regular life doesn't cause problems. Mm -hmm. So you want to be better than being able to jump out of your truck and land softly. So that when you do jump out of your truck, you'll land very easily. Right. And it's a piece of cake. You don't have to stop. Yeah, go on with your day. Yes. Now here's some other components. Uh, endurance and stamina. Endurance and stamina is an important part of just your body moving and your health. And athletic training does train endurance and stamina. Strength training definitely doesn't do that. Bodybuilding to some extent, but still not the same. And correctional exercise doesn't train that. But to have endurance and stamina and durability so that you can keep moving and keep going. Because what good is your muscle and strength if you can just last 15 seconds right. You know, in the real world? You want to have at least enough stamina and a gas tank that you can perform uh, for at least a decent period of time. It's like, you know, I, I remember doing this. I used to bulk up really, really heavy in the winter. Kind of doing that right now, but not like I used to. Where I'd be, you know, two. I'd get up to 230 pounds. I'd be all big and strong, and I didn't do any training outside of, you know, building muscle and building strength. And then we'd have like a family function where we're at like a park, and it's like we're playing like softball with the family. So like we have like paper plates for, you know, for 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 the you know first base to second base at third. And I mean, we're not running far. I'm running from first base to second, exhausted, you know. And I'm like, what? <laughs> turn into a mouth breather. Yeah, I'm like, I work out in the gym all the time. And I don't have the stamina and endurance to just do regular fun stuff. So this is an important thing. Now, can stamina and endurance, lack of those, get in the way of other goals? Sure. You better believe it. You ever try to squat? You know, and 12 rep, 15 rep squats are phenomenal for building muscle. It's actually one of the best lower body muscle building <laughs> but a exercise. a lot of power lifter guys don't have the, the cardio to do no, the stamina there. They, they can't. So they can't, they can't get into the rep ranges that'll build a lot of muscle with them because they simply don't have... The stamina. Um, or you want to do an hour-long resistance training workout, and by 45 minutes, you're gassed. So the last 15 minutes, you might as well go home because you're kind of wasting your time. Athletic training focuses on uh, all of the physical pursuits, which include endurance and stamina, which will contribute to all the other goals, not to mention your health, not to mention uh, it's, it's, a, it's a part of your health. Just like all these goals, focusing on all of these will improve your health. So will training for specifically athletic performance, everybody should spend at least a few weeks, if not a month or two, in just improving their athletic performance. Okay, so let's move into probably the most popular one, the one that we probably don't need to be make yeah. the biggest case that everybody gets excited about. <laughs> the one everybody comes in initially for. Yeah, which is bodybuilding or body sculpting, body shaping. You can kind of kind of put those all together. Now, you guys say that right away, but I do want to make the case that, yes, this is mo a majority of clients do come in and they care about the way they look. Mm -hmm. There is a population of people that are oppose that and a part of the things that uh, we talk a lot about on this this show is these these silos and these camps of I'm the mobility guy or I'm the athletic performance guy or I'm the powerlifting guy and that those guys or girls need this too really yeah. bad you mm -hmm. know you you need you need to put some time and effort over there's a ton of benefit that you get by doing that now my if you're somebody who all you've cared about is sculpting the body and weight gain weight loss and building muscle and shaping your physique, then yeah, this 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 point is less important and this is probably an area you need to move out of and into the other three that we've talked about. No, much like, you know, you admitted 
uh, as we we're going to, you know, sort of the powerlifting side, like I, that, this was me. I, I was more drawn to the powerlifting, to the athletic training type of, uh, you know, uh, that that was my intent. That's what I wanted. That's what I liked. That was my comfort zone. Uh, I did not care about presenting myself and having definition and, you know, all these things that, you know, your average person probably does. So I, I might have been in the minority, but this is a struggle for me. It's a struggle for me to, to actually, you know, put time and effort into building, developing my muscles because it will benefit, you know, coming back and taking myself out of my comfort zone, you know, going through a different rep range, you know, a different, you know, focus and intent. It it, it totally like transformed my body. Yeah. So training bodybuilding, what you're trying to do is you're trying to train uh, to maximize what's called muscle hypertrophy. This is just a term, fancy term that means your muscle fibers are growing. You're trying to build and shape your muscles. Now, it's funny. I just read a study where they took um, high-performance strength athletes, and they were trying to see what the relationship was between muscle size and strength. So they took, they took them all. They did the DEXA scan or whatever. And you know what they found? Mm. That not only was muscle size strongly connected to or, or correlated to strength, uh, but it was almost one-to-one, meaning the guys with the biggest muscles were the ones that lifted the most weight. And this was for strength sports. So they made a case for, and powerlifters have known this for a little while now, that they, they go into phases of just training for size. Just getting mass. Just getting mass because bigger muscles contract harder. Now, there's a lot more that goes to strength than just that, right. but bigger muscles do contract harder. Now, here's the other characteristic of, of bodybuilding-type training. This is the one type of training where you approach training your body completely visually like a sculptor. Like, I go to the gym, and I say, I want more butt. I need more shoulders. I want to develop my back more, but not my lats because my lats are good. I want more mid-back. And you know what? My triceps overpower my biceps, so I'm going to train my triceps a little less, but I'm going to develop my biceps more so I have a more balanced body. You are literally sculpting your body like a sculptor would. Now, of course, there's limitations. There's genetics and all that other stuff. But bodybuilding training is very different from other kinds of training in that that's that's how you approach your training. You go to the gym, and rather than saying, I'm going to move the most amount of weight or perform best, you're going to the gym and saying, how do I want my body to look? That's how I'm going to focus my workout. I also think that uh, bodybuilding training complements correctional training the most. Oh, you know um, what? This is controversial, but 100% true. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I just... Because uh, you know, and use your your example of like picking small muscle groups or areas. Like, you know, when you understand that somebody who has like a rounded shoulder, since most people have this kind of forward shoulder and forward head, uh, I know that putting emphasis on, you know, stretching my chest and my anterior delts are, are, uh, are paramount to, to helping that. And then I also know that building my rear delts, my mid traps are going to help benefit that. So I can do specific bodybuilding type exercises that target just that area. So when you understand, too, if you've done a good job on the correctional side and you understand your imbalances, like and the way we get imbalances is you would uh, you have overactive or underactive muscles. Well, if it's underactive, you need to work it and you need to train it more. If it's overactive, you probably need to stretch it and possibly do soft tissue type work. So if I understand that I have specific underactive muscles that need more attention for correctional purposes... Uh, I should be working on that. And by underactive, you actually can feel 
that like a certain muscle isn't contributing as much a right. lot of times. Well, right. And this is where bodybuilding, this is where bodybuilding style training shines above all other types of goals and training. Bodybuilders or people who train uh, and do an effective job of training and bodybuilding can connect to and feel individual muscles working better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Like a strength athlete will do a squat, but you tell them to isolate their hamstrings, their quads, and their glutes, and they might have a tough time. You take an athlete who could throw a football or a punch or jump real high, and you tell them to isolate a specific muscle, and you're speaking a different language. Mm -hmm. When you're doing bodybuilding, you take a bodybuilder and you tell them, hey, you watch somebody who – you take a bodybuilder, somebody who's been training bodybuilding for a while, and you tell them, hey, without moving your body, flex your lats. Without moving your body, activate your hamstrings. Hey, can you activate your rhomboids? And they can. Just like you got, you know, you ever see the guys on, on TV when they do their little pec dance or whatever? Mm. They can turn on muscle groups because bodybuilding training teaches you to connect to muscles. And this is great for body awareness, and it's especially great for correctional exercise. Oh, it's really obvious when you see two people that, and we'll use Justin and I. Because you know, I admitted. <laughs> I think about the time we all worked out at Pukulski's yeah, gym yeah, with yeah. with, uh, with yeah, Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a fish out of water. Yeah. Dude. Well, I mean, Justin admits that he neglected the bodybuilding thing for so many years. I admit that I neglected like the you know powerlifting or sports performance type uh, during my training, and you can still see that in like when we bench. So like when we go down for a bench, like. Justin ha has way better bench press mechanics to get the most weight up. He his leg drive, his his technique to move the bar with the most amount of weight. He has perfected that for so many years. He's far better at it than I am. But if you watch how I lift it, I I'll tell you right now, I feel it in my chest. I guarantee more than he does, and oh, I get the I chest doubt that at all. And I get the chest development uh, like crazy. And if you looked at probably Justin and I completely leaned out, I might look like I have a bigger chest, yet he can move more weight. And that's a difference of somebody who has trained the same exercise, but with a different intent. Mm -hmm. And both benefit, you know, mm -hmm. learning. And and I, I, that's part of why I'm really loving and enjoying uh, this powerlifting program that we're going. This is the first time in my life I've ever been purely dedicated. Now well, I've, I remember when you went through phase one of MAPS Anabolic, because MAPS Anabolic I would consider a, a really good traditional just strength uh, type program. I remember when you went through phase one, especially when you and I were competing with deadlifts, um, and it was amazing to see your strength exploded. Yeah. And it, a lot of it had to do with the fact that you never trained that way before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you went from you know four plate deadlift being very he heavy for you to being able to jump your deadlift by over a hundred pounds, like one hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. You added your deadlift in a very short period of time, and that's I mean that's phenomenal. Now here's something else that's unique to the bodybuilding type of training that no other type of training really aims for because bodybuilding training is so uh, characterized by feel. Um, they also love the pump. The pump, you know, you're training for strength or performance or correctional exercise. The pump is like, if it happens, it's fine. If it doesn't happen, nobody gives a shit. When you're training for body sculpting, the pump is an important part of your training. And bodybuilders are really, really good at getting it. Now, the pump itself, by itself, contributes to muscle growth. Through There's a couple different ways it may do this. Uh, but we do know... Uh, studies now are pretty clear. They show that the pump itself signals muscle growth, but there's more to that. The ability to get a pump in the first place gives you a, it's a pretty good signal that tells you that you're hydrated and that you're connecting well to the muscle. When you talk to somebody who has a tough time developing a part of their body, 
you ask them this following question, and the answer is always almost going to be the same. You know, hey, I can't develop my glutes that well. Do you ever get a glute pump? No. Hey, I can't develop my chest very well. Does your chest ever get a really good pump? Almost never. I, I can't develop my lats well. Do you get a pump in your lats? No, not really. The pump can really signal and that you're connecting to a muscle. And I loved when I would train clients with weak body parts. It would take me a few weeks to get to this point, but then we'd hit that workout and they'd be like, whoa, you know, I could feel a pump in my lats. I can never feel that before. And then I knew, all right, we are gonna, we're building your lats now. We're connecting to your lats. So the pump is very important. For people who don't know what the pump is, uh, just to break it down very simply, it's more blood rushing into the muscle than rushing out. So literally the muscle engorges with blood and it feels, just like the word, word. It, feels, yeah. it feels like the word, which is a, a pump. Now there's some characteristics of bodybuilding training. It's about feel and connection. I want to feel the target muscle connect and I want to get the pump. Which is to the point I made with Justin and I. Yes, right, absolutely. Yeah, I, you're, you're, you're doing bench press to feel the chest right. and mm -hmm. get a pump in the Justin's chest. Justin's bench I'm pressing. doing to move the weight, to right. move the most weight. And that's the thing about a lot of these goals is the intention of the goal. That is what change, That's the big chance. That's why I said work backwards at the beginning of this episode because if I go into the, into the gym with the goal of bodybuilding versus the goal of strength, right. I'm going to do a lot of the same exercises, by the way. When you're bodybuilding – it doesn't mean you're not doing you're not body, you're not bench pressing, squatting, and deadlifting. Yeah, it's just the difference is more you know muscle versus mechanical. You yes, know? and so that like I'm thinking uh, mechanically always. Well, for the most part of like how I can improve each one of those little intricate processes of my leverage or where my body's set up or whatever. Whereas you know if I'm thinking more along <laughs> the intent of a bodybuilder, I'm trying to squeeze and feel you know my way to get to 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 activate the most output of that right. muscle. Right. I'm glad you moved to the intent part because uh, this is so important, uh, and I'm going through this right now. So it's not easy. If you've trained a certain way for a very long time, it's hard to shift your mentality. Yeah. Just like I was saying, it was hard. Very, it's very hard. hard. It's hard for that lady who's been doing circuit training and hit training all the time for me to get her to slow down and rest for two to three minutes. It's just as hard for the 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 bodybuilder guy who chases the pump and feeling the muscle to now when you power lift to be thinking about the movement and getting the weight up. So and there's lots of benefits of training both ways, learning how to do that. And so because I'm so was so aesthetically driven for so long. It's a lot. It, it's I really have. I have to set these rituals now when I get into the bench press. Boy, is it fun though? Oh, it is. Let me tell you, it, it's, it, it, for a guy who's been lifting for almost twenty years of his life, it's very fun because it's new again. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like we, it's so hard for us. Like we want to get stuck in our own thing, even though our results have plateaued, even though our body hurts, even though we're not getting results anymore. We're so hard headed about moving out of something. Moving into a new goal, it takes a mental shift, like Adam's saying. But once you do it and you get good at it, you have lifelong success. And it's fun. It's really fun. Look, I tell you what. I love training for strength. I love training for strength. But leaving it and focusing on athletic performance or bodybuilding starts to get fun as well. And then I go back to strength, and then it's even more fun because I go back to what my favorite thing, and my body's fresh. And it's I've, like an old friend. It, it, I've expanded my, my, my capacity. With bodybuilding training, you know, back to bodybuilding training, I also want to add this. Lots of exercises and angles. That makes bodybuilding training more uh, quite unique. Whereas if you're training just for strength, it's fewer exercises, maybe more sets per exercise. Bodybuilding training, I want to do lots of different angles. 
I want to work my biceps from a shortened position, from a lengthened position. I want to focus on the squeeze and the stretch. Full range of motion, extremely important with bodybuilding training. Getting the stretch and getting the squeeze, depending on the exercise that you're doing, is extremely uh, important. Uh, but if you're looking for perpetual progress, long-term results, long-term success, you should look at your entire year of working out and say to yourself, this month I'm focusing on strength. You know, This month I'm doing correctional exercise. This month it's athletic performance. For two, three months bodybuilding because that's my favorite one. And then I'm going to cycle back to the other ones. And that's how you can kind of break down. If you, if, you know, the, all the goals that we talked about from correctional, strength, athletic performance, bodybuilding, if one of those is your favorite, no problem. Spend most of your time there. It's not, a, not an issue. Take your whole year, spend three, four months there. But throw weeks or a month of the other goals in throughout the year and then watch what happens to your progress. Watch what happens to your results. This is if, if, if I could ever sell anything yeah. on this podcast, it's that right there. To the people who are consistent with their workouts is don't just change your workouts, change your goals, and then watch what happens. It'll blow your mind. That's it. Also, by the way, while we're dropping this episode, Black Friday sales are going on right now. There's 50% off. All MAPS programs are half off. Individual programs, half off, including guides and mods. Mods are the programs for a specific body parts. So we have like a bicep mod or you know like a glute mod or whatever. Um, and our bundles, our bundles, by the way, these are where we take multiple MAPS programs and we put them together. In fact, our RGB bundle or our super bundle will take you the whole year and we'll actually take you through uh, all the different goals that we talk about with different MAPS programs. Now, bundles are already discounted. On average, 30 to 35%. Well, on Black Friday, you get an additional 25% uh, off. Here's what you do to get the discounts. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. And if you want 50% off individual programs, guides, or mods, use the code BLACKFRIDAY50. That's B-L-A-C-K-F-R-I-D-A-Y-5-0. No space. And if you want 25% off all bundles, use the code BFBUNDLES. And there you go. Also, make sure you go to mindpumpfree.com, check out our free resources, and find us all on Instagram. You can find Justin at mindpumpjustin, me at mindpumpsal, and Adam at mindpumpadam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>